to the Home Talk Guys radio show. We are Ken and Mark, the Home Talk Guys, here to prattle on about all things home and home repair. Hey, um, am I going to have to sing every time somebody comes by? Well, ideally, yes, but it, it doesn't have to be a long part, long song. Just, oh, just a couple bars, maybe, maybe Jingle Bells or, you know, Right, something. or any favorite Christmas song. Hey, uh, we better explain to our listeners. Yeah, that's a good idea since it's radio. Uh, let's see. To make a little extra cash for Christmas, my brother here got us a side job as a singing Christmas tree here on the square of our bucolic little town. It's actually a pretty sweet gig. We just sit in this box at the base of this giant Christmas tree, and when folks pet walk past, we'll see them through this two-way mirror. Yeah, and then that's when I sing. Well, that's when we sing. Uh, hmm, not, nothing personal, but... If we don't want to scare folks, you probably ought to just let me sing. Maybe you hum along quietly, <laughs> very quietly. <laughs> hey, man, I sang in a band at a local restaurant all through college. And let's see, that restaurant went out of business. Uh, true or false? Uh, that's true. Yeah, well, trust me, it would be better for the children this way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. But uh, I hope you actually know the words to at least, like, Jingle Bells, Rudolph, Frosty. You're scatting. It won't work with the little kids. Hey, you know, I know my Christmas songs better than Ms. Hahn did. <laughs> Handyman Hahn's wife? What do you mean? <laughs> you didn't hear? <laughs> she had an appearance on Jeopardy. Really? No. Oh, yeah, man. She had the chance to win $10,000 if she could name two reindeer that pull Santa's sleigh. Cool. Which two did she name? Well, believe it or not, she named Rudolph and Olive. Olive? <laughs> That's what everyone said. Olive? <laughs> Let me see here. I guess I, I may not remember them all. Let's see. There's Donner and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cubit and Rudolph. That's the uh, limit of my recollection. So where did she come up with Olive? <laughs> well, well, she was asked to explain, so adamant that Olive was one of the reindeer, so to prove her point, she began singing. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose, and if you ever saw it, you would even say it glowed. Olive the Other Reindeer. <laughs> Olive the Other Reindeer. Man, there went 10000 bucks, huh? But she ought to get something for creativity. Uh, that's not how the game's played. Hmm, well... Speaking of how things are played, were you able to conquer last week's brain twister? Uh, did it have to do with meatballs? Meatballs? <laughs> Not even close. Oh, I guess I'm just hungry. I missed breakfast this morning, but I had a great lunch yesterday. Oh, yeah? What'd you eat? I had Mexican from Senorita Sally's food truck. Yeah, it was delicious. Hey, do you know the best time to eat Mexican food, right? Uh... No, I didn't realize there was a best time to eat Mexican food. Yep, one o'clock. <laughs> wow. And with that, if anybody's <laughs> still listening, let's get back to the brain twister before the FCC reconsiders allowing us to be on the radio. Um, you know, I don't presently recall, but with old Fugaku residing atop these broad shoulders, I don't anticipate any trouble answering it. Fugaku, huh? Is that a synonym for head? Ah, grasshopper, allow Master Markashu to educate. <laughs> Markashu, huh? <laughs> ah, yes, my oriental name. Translated, it must mean something like dingling. <laughs> Very funny, grasshopper. <laughs> now listen and learn from the Master Markashu. Hey, Fugaku is newest Japanese supercomputer. 
In recent contests, it carried out 2.8 times more calculations a second than an IBM system at the Oak Ridge National Laboratory in Tennessee. Wow. Which Fugaku bumped to second place in the top 500 list. Are you uh, done? Asshole. Class dismissed. <laughs> okay, now I'll reread the brain twister, and then you provide the answer if uh, your Fugaku can. <laughs> Otherwise, I will. Asshole. Read on. <laughs> All right. Hank, down at Hank's Hardware and Haberdashery, was preparing for his big after-Thanksgiving sale. As a founder and owner, Hank devised his own method of pricing items. For example, if you walked into Hank's Hardware and Haberdashery today, you could buy a vest for 20 bucks, a nice pair of pants for 25 a chisel would cost you 30 and a saw goes for 15 Using Hank's pricing method, how much would goggles cost? Shoot. I don't even need Fugaku for that. My Atari can handle your infantile brain twisters. <laughs> infantile? So what's the answer? Uh, $35. Mm, lucky guess, perhaps. How did you get it? It was lucky nothing. Hank's pricing methods simply consist of charging $5 for each letter required to spell the item you're buying. Did I leave the answer on my desk again? Why do you always doubt when I have the answer? Uh, we don't have time for me to list all the reasons. <laughs> so, uh, did we have a winner? Indeed, we did. And? And? And what? Who's the winner? Oh, well, I'm going to have to get back to you on that. <laughs> what do you mean? Why? Well, uh, just a little snafu in transportation of show prep materials today. Hmm. And uh, what does that mean in plain English? It means I left the winner's name inside my bagel on the kitchen table along with the rest of my breakfast. That's why I'm so hungry now. <laughs> so let me get this right. The winner's name is inside your bagel. You know, I know I'm going to regret asking, but why? Uh, there's no need to regret asking. It's a valid question with a very logical answer. Mm-hmm. This should be good. Okay, now think about it for a minute. Where else would be a more ideal place to keep the winner's name to ensure that I remember to bring it in than inside my morning bagel? When I open my bagel to smear on the cream cheese, there lay the winner's name. Brilliant, huh? If it's so brilliant, why is it still at home <laughs> on your kitchen table? Well, look, every brilliant idea can be improved. Take, for example, the Almond Joy. I mean, almonds by themselves are pretty brilliant, but add coconut and chocolate and voila. A candy bar for the ages. I know you can relate. Sometimes you feel like a nut, and sometimes you don't. You know, Almond Joys have nuts. Mounds don't. <laughs> you know, nothing's simple with you. <laughs> so at the break... Making me hunger. How about you run back and get the winner's name so we can announce it? 10-4, uh, good buddy. Consider it done. Well, wait. Actually, who came up with that saying? It makes no sense. If you considered it done, hey, we could announce the winner right now. <laughs> So strike my last statement and consider it will be done. Are you through? Yes, and actually I'm starting to feel much better. <laughs> okay. You re <laughs> Are you ready for this week's brain twister? Hit me. Oh, man, I meant figuratively. Jeez, you're supposed to stay six feet away, buddy. <laughs> wait, wait, here come some more kids. Frosty the snowman. Baba doop boop 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 boop. Baba doop boop. Hey, as I suspected. You don't know the words, do you? A anyway, here's this week's brain twister. The Sawmill Valley was all set for their annual Christmas ball at the Lumberjack Lodge, which uh, had been made into an awesome Christmas land. 
As guests were arriving, a truthful politician, an honest used car salesman, and Santa Claus got into an elevator at the lodge to go up to the ballroom. Just before the doors opened, they all noticed a $5 bill lying on the elevator floor. Which one picked it up? Whoa, hey, wait a minute. I'm going to have to solve that because I think that's my five bucks. (laughs) I lost five bucks just recently, and it may have been at the Lumberjack Lodge. (laughs) Relax, would you? It's not your $5. I I just made this up. Now, if any of our listeners think they know the answer to this week's Brain Twister, you can email your answer to mail at hometalkguys.com, and the winner selected at random from among all the correct answers we receive will get your choice of a $25 gift certificate from Ace, Lowe's, or Home Depot. Yeah, you know, folks, and if emailing is way too cumbersome for you, just place your answer inside a pair of the Lentz 4.0 heat socks. These have small lithium heating packs that press onto studs on the leg band to provide heat with three different temperature settings. This can all be controlled via Bluetooth by my smartphone. Hey, and be sure to include the UBS charger. Drop them off here at the Lumberjack Lodge, care of Mark. That's Mark with a C. Yeah, good luck, man. You know, those are like a $300 pair of socks. Hey, hey, you know, it's that time of year. It's Christmas. Folks are in a really giving mood. Well, in the spirit of giving, how about we give away some handy folk knowledge? Excellent idea. Uh, You know, we are kind of like the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) I know a lot of folks that would like a return. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead and pick an email from the stack there, and let's see if we can provide some help. Okay, uh, no, not that one. That's uh, Okay, try this one. It's from Bart in Bristol, Tennessee. Ah, perhaps listening via the TuneIn app using 97.7 FM WFLI, the big jet fly. Or you could be catching our podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or some other highbrow podcast site. That's true. Nice. Let's see here. Bart writes, Dear Home Talk Guys, as I was putting up Christmas lights this past week, I noticed several holes in my vinyl siding. Is there any way to fix those without replacing the entire piece of siding? Thanks in Bristol, Tennessee. Bart in Bristol, Tennessee. Yay. Bart, old boy, you've come to the right place. We've dealt with so many holy houses. Some folks refer to us as the men of the cloth. (laughs) No, they don't. No one's even ever intimated we might be men of the cloth. Well, you know, maybe you never heard them, but I have. In fact, I may just start going by Father Mark. (laughs) That borders on sacrilege, man. You better stay away from lightning storms. That's all I can say. Now, let's uh, see if we can help Bart, okay? Okay. Bart, all houses gradually accumulate holes in their siding from fasteners, phone lines, cabling, and maybe even lawnmower bullets. The only way to prepare these holes perfectly in vinyl or aluminum is really to replace the entire piece. But a repair like that ranges from challenging in vinyl to nearly impossible in old aluminum. So for an easier, nearly as good fix that will keep water out and is virtually invisible from several feet away, fill the hole with a color-matched caulk. That's right. And home centers, you know, don't usually carry a big selection of colored caulk because I was there recently looking for some. But siding sellers generally carry caulk specifically blended for dozens of different shades of siding. That's right. And it's best if you know the manufacturer and color name for your siding uh, so you can get the exact blended development, uh, the exact blend developed specifically for that shade. Otherwise, bring a sample piece of siding if you have one, or if all else fails, take a photo and ask a salesperson to help you match it. Yeah. Once you do finally have your caulk you think matches, before filling the hole, wipe the siding clean. 
Then squirt enough caulking into the hole to fill the immediate area behind the hole. But, hey, don't empty the whole tube into there. (laughs) And be careful to avoid smearing excess caulk on the surrounding siding. The less you get on the siding, the less obvious the repair will be. And, like my brother, the less you see, the better. Hey, you better be careful, buddy. Santa's listening and somebody's going on the (laughs) naughty list. Anyway, Bart, once the caulk is fully cured, according to the directions, trim it even with the siding, carefully using a single-edge razor blade. And to avoid making more holes, consider using vinyl siding clips instead of nails or screws to hang your decorations. Hey, better yet, Bart, just buy one of those really cool light wheels that you put in the front yard and it throws images all across your house. Uh, Bam, no more hanging lights, which means more time in the old man cave. Man cave. You don't even have a man cave. Hey, hey, what do you know? When you live alone, the entire house is your man cave. So eat your heart out over there, dear brother of mine. <laughs> okay. Hey, let's pause for a word from an exclusive Home Talk Guy sponsor. Yeah. Hey, and if you have a question about your home or, heck, even your neighbor's cruddy home, email <laughs> us at questions at hometalkguys.com. We actually try to monitor our email throughout the show. This is the Home Talk Guys radio network, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. Lefty here with the Extra Hand Tool Company and another ideal product for all you honeydoers. It's the Doubt Buster Level, or DBL for short. The DBL is your tool for silencing your skeptics. Whether you are hanging pictures, installing shelves, or putting in a mailbox post, you'll want to make sure you keep your DBL close by with your ordinary level. This way, when someone comes by and says, oh, that doesn't look too level, or are you sure that isn't leaning to one side, you can set them straight. Just grab your DBL, the Doubt Buster Level, and hold it up against your work and tell them to look closely. As you profess, it's dead on. They will go away satisfied you're as skillful as you claim. You may notice them even trying to clean their glasses in amazement. You never have to worry about the DBL letting you down. The reason is in our patented technology. We have made the DBL with the bubble permanently fixed right between the lines. So relax and just try to get your work close. And when you get questioned, grab the Doubt Buster level. Well, I'm Lefty from the Extra Hand Tool Company saying, this is one tool you probably should not loan out. Welcome back to the Home Talk, guys. We are Ken and Mark here to assist with all things home and home repair. Yeah, well, or anything else you can't afford a professional, knowledgeable opinion on. Hey, for example, here's a tip to save you hours of fret and frustration. Unscrew a broken light bulb with the potato. Now, of course, folks, being from the Home Talk, guys, you already know, make sure the power is off. (laughs) Right, or give a new meaning to potato head. (laughs) Actually, you know, that's a valuable tip. And we just give these golden gems away. Hey, are we deducting these on our taxes? (laughs) The IRS knows better than to allow us to deduct anything because it's not valuable, that's for sure. Hey, maybe if we were more like Max and Vinny. Ooh, speaking of those handiest of handymen, those masters of the honeydew, our traveling Mike caught up with them this week as they went about some Christmas business of their own. Hmm, That's great. Let's listen in and learn. 
Hey, folks, pay especially close attention to Vinny because he's like Einstein on steroids. Hey, yo, Max, I can't believe it's already time to pick out the Christmas trees. This year flew by. It uh, sure did. But I love coming out here to the country and cutting my own tree. It's been a Christmas tradition for years. Yeah, and cutting our own trees ensures our trees are fresh. You know, it's important to understand that a tree that's been cut down is still alive. Sure is. Keeping it hydrated is crucial to keeping it fresh looking throughout the Christmas season. Indeed. And when we get these trees home... We should make a new cut about a half inch above the original cut to express, expose, I'm sorry, fresh tissue. This allows better absorption of water from the tree stand. It does. Hey, here comes a Miss Lexi, the tree farmer owner. Well, 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 Max and Vinny, welcome back to my tree farm. It's always an honor to have celebrities like you guys visit. Celebrities? Uh, Maxie, uh, I told Miss Lexi about that goofy radio show that follows us around with their microphone and then broadcasts what we do. You mean uh, the Homata guys? Yeah, those two knuckleheads. <laughs> I've heard you guys several times on the radio, and I learn something every time I listen. Well, just to clarify, I learn something when I hear you guys. The hosts of that show don't really have much to offer. Yeah, you know, Miss Lexi. You're not the first person who's told us that. Miss Alexi, we really aren't the celebrities. We are just dedicated to handymen. But it's nice of you to recognize our work. Yeah. Uh, where should we look this year for our trees? Well, how tall are you wanting your trees? Well, uh, I would like one about to nine feet tall. Yeah, me too. All right, then you fellas should head over in that field. Go about five rows in, and as you continue back, the trees will increase in height. Let me get you each a saw. Oh, gee, thanks. Hey, say, Max, what do you get when you cross a Christmas tree with an iPad? A Christmas tree with an iPad? No idea. A pineapple. <laughs> get it? <laughs> a very clever. All right, here you go. If you need any help, just let me know. Gee, thanks. Uh, take a deep breath, Maxie. Smell the pines. That's the smell of Christmas to me. Yes, and the soon our homes will be filled with that wonderful Christmas scent. Uh, you know, when folks get their tree home, they should place it in the shade until they're ready to bring it into house. Absolutely. They should give the trees several good shakes also to dislodge dried needles, insects, dust, even a potential critters residing therein. <laughs> yes, sir. And to prevent an accident, Christmas trees should be placed away from space heaters, fireplaces, and wood stoves. And electric lights and extension cords, they should be checked prior to use. Frayed wires, broken sockets, or loose connections can all be fire hazard. Hey, hey, I see a nice tree over there. Vinny, Vinny, that tree is much taller than the nine feet. Oh, but look at its symmetry. It's almost perfect. There will be others that are closer to a nine feet. Someone wanting a taller tree can enjoy that one. Uh, I guess you're right. 
You know that according to the National Christmas Tree Association, it could take between 4 and 15 years to grow a Christmas tree of typical height, about 6 to 7 feet. But the average growing time is 7 years. That's why we want to look for one that the best fits our needs. Okay, I'll keep looking then. Hey, what do you say we sing a little of our favorite Christmas song, Dominique of the Donkey, to enhance this a wonderful Christmas scene. Oh, a true classic. My family sings it every Christmas Eve. Yeah, hey, that reminds me of what Adam said to his wife on December 24th. What uh, did he uh, say? It's Christmas, Eve. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny, you are one of a kind. Hey, here comes a Miss Alexi. She may think we got lost. Hey, did my celebrities find any trees yet? Well, we've been busy enjoying the Christmas smell and reminiscing. In fact, we were going to sing our favorite Christmas song. You want to join us? Sure, what song? One from our homeland, Dominic the Donkey. Those guys never cease to amaze me. Masters of all trades, jack of a nun, if I may rephrase a popular colloquialism. <laughs> Boy, and they can sing. Well, I mean, speaking of singing, here comes another young family. Wait a minute. Rudy the red-beaked reindeer had a very shiny nose. Hold on, hold on. Rudy the red-beaked reindeer? <laughs> Man, you've got to learn the real words before we come back. Did you see the disgust on those parents' faces? That's because, you know, they're clearly lacking a trained ear for great music. Yeah, without question. Now, promise me, promise me you'll learn the words before we lose this job. All right, I'll try. Okay, then how about we add to what Max and Vinny mentioned about caring for Christmas trees? Okay, sure. Here are a few ideas aimed at caring for the Christmas tree you are going to acquire for this celebratory holiday season. The flat-out easiest is the fake tree. Just take it out of the box, stand it up. Hey, no watering, no needle drops, no strange animals climbing out of it in the middle of the night. <laughs> you know, they, if, it's, if it's one of those trees that's pre-lit, you still want to check it to make sure there's no uh, cracks in the wire, no damaged bulbs. Uh, this is all correct. But if everything is okay, plug it in and enjoy. And if your plans are for a real Christmas tree... Well, like Max and Vinny, venturing out to a Christmas tree farm can be a fun family tradition. Right, and picking out and cutting the tree yourself ensures you'll get a fresh-cut tree, not one trucked in from parts unknown. <laughs> if you are buying, off, uh, buying your tree off a lot, ask how long, how long ago the tree was cut. If they don't know, if it's been more than just a couple of weeks, we suggest you keep looking. Or, you know, if you hit the gym daily like me, you can try lifting it up in the air and then tapping it on the ground. Hey, if a whole bunch of needles fall off, it's a no-go. <laughs> now, once you've got your tree, the next step is to get the trunk in water ASAP. Uh, yeah, that stands for as soon as possible for those of you in academia. Hey, that's uncalled for. Uh, no, what's uncalled for is a pizza. Now, hey, can I borrow your phone to correct that little oversight? <laughs> Perhaps during a commercial. So anyway, if a tree was cut down more than an hour or so ago... You should cut about an inch or so off the bottom right before you put it in water. 
That's right, because the tree sap can ooze and seal the cut end in less than three hours. This restricts the tree's ability to absorb valuable life-extending water. Correct. In fact, get this, to enhance water absorption even more you can cut a drill. Uh, I mean, you can drill a hole in the center, straight up the center of the tree, uh, and the trunk will absorb even that much more water. Yep. And like my brother's leaky fish tank, remember, once the tree is in the stand, you need to check the water daily. Man, I solved that leaky fish tank problem. Ooh, Flex Seal, maybe? No, eBay. Tank, fish, all. Sold. Oh, well, wait a minute. I, I thought those were your son's fish. Shh. Hey, it's a surprise. <laughs> Now back to the Christmas tree care. Believe it or not, a four-inch diameter tree can drink a gallon of water a day. And while that may seem amazing, it's necessary for it to last and look beautiful throughout the season. A general rule of thumb, however, is to plan on one quart of water per day for every inch in diameter. Now, of course, that all depends on, on the size of your thumb. What? Well, some thumbs may not be large enough to contain all these rules. <laughs> Nonetheless, the debate on putting additives in that water still continues. As for the Minnesota Christmas Tree Association, they still recommend plain old water. So let me ask you this. What if I buy a potted or bald and burlap Christmas tree? Oh, man, a different situation altogether. If you purchase a potted or bald and burlap tree with the intent to plant it outside after Christmas, this can be an uphill battle. That is very true. I've been there and done that. The first thing to consider is locating a variety of tree that likes your climate, your soil conditions, and the amount of light it'll get in the location where you eventually plan to plant it. Also, folks, these trees really shouldn't be inside more than 10 to 14 days, so you're going to want to bring them in really close to Christmas. In fact, the less time they spend inside, the greater chance of success once they're planted out. That's true. And don't just move your uh, tree from the cold outside directly into the warm inside. You're going to want to allow it to acclimate by putting it in a sheltered area with a temperature somewhere in between, like uh, maybe the garage. Yeah, and while it acclimates, it's imperative to keep the roots damp, and that does not mean soggy, damp. Once in the house, you should not place the tree, whether it's a cut tree or a living tree, near any heat source, as this will dry it out faster and reduce its chances of success when planted. In fact, the coolest area in the house is probably best, and try to keep the humidity from dropping too low. Yeah, and speaking of temperature, most old-fashioned string lights get way too hot for a living tree, so we recommend LEDs. And if you have ever tried to water a bald and burlap tree, it can be a lot like trying to feed a baby that doesn't want to eat. It's not easy. Something I've done to address this is to put a few ice cubes on the top of the ball as they slowly melt the water gets absorbed by the soil. Now, you didn't try that method on your baby, did you? <laughs> hey, before going the live tree route, factor in that a bald and burlapped or potted tree weighs significantly more than a cut tree, so you're going to have to plan accordingly. That's true. Hopefully you have a dolly. Well, that pretty much covers uh, a lot about caring for a Christmas tree. Yep. However, as you know, we have this audience of amazingly smart listeners. If they have any additional helpful tips, we'd love to hear them. You can email us at mail at hometalkguys.com. And we'll share the good ones we get. I'm sure they'll be better than what we have to offer. <laughs> hey, what do you say we throw caution to the wind? Uh, isn't that what we do every time we offer to answer a listener's question? Ooh, good point. However, I was thinking maybe we listen to a recent episode of that favorite handyman drama, As the Wrench Turns. Ooh, boy, that works for me. You know, I've missed a few of the episodes since we've been doing this singing Christmas tree job. 
That Walt somehow stays cool no matter how chaotic things get. <laughs> He's a true handyman. almost midnight and I was still in my shop building a doggy bed for a longtime customer when the phone rang. Had to be a wrong number I thought and ignored it. But it kept ringing so I picked up. Hello, Walt's Honey Don't Honeydew. The voice on the other end reminded me of my daughter. Hello, this is Ann Ferguson. I'm sorry to call so late but my husband left for Homie's Warehouse about six hours ago, and I haven't seen him since. Homie's Warehouse is a giant store open 24 hours and filled with anything and everything for the home and yard. Kind of like the home place, Home Depot, Walmart, a nursery, and Ikea rolled into one. Nirvana to us handy folk. But why was she calling me a handyman? So I ask. Homie's Warehouse is a big place, but why are you calling me? Well, my husband isn't really the handy type, but when he puts his mind to something, there's no stopping him. And he was really determined to avoid the cost of a plumber and fix the constant running water out of our toilet himself. I've seen this before, I thought to myself. A homeowner taking on the job of a professional. It can get ugly, quick. I figured, who better than a handyman to know where he might be? Could you please help me? Well, she sounded desperate. And I figured the doggy bed could wait another day. So I agreed to assist. Closed up my shop and headed down to Homie's Warehouse. The parking lot was packed. Pickup trucks and vans were everywhere. I walked in and Billy the Greeter offered his regular chipper greeting. Hey, welcome to Homie's Warehouse. Thanks for making us your homie. I must hear that a dozen times a week, like nails on a chalkboard. So I headed to the plumbing section, looking for telltale signs of a plumbing neophyte. Pants pulled high enough to cover the crack, clean hands, and a look of wonderment. I began in the toilet aisle. It was backed up with people everywhere. So I called Miss Ferguson. Hello? This is Walt with Walt's Honey Don't Honeydew. Yeah, have you found my husband? Not yet. Can you describe him to me? Height, build, maybe what he was wearing. Oh, geez, let's see. Okay, he's about 5'10", balding. Uh, so he often wears a baseball cap, you know, one of those fake ones with the hair sewn in. Um, it's hideous, I know, but he's a CPA, so it kind of makes sense. He has a medium build, and I think he was wearing overalls. Great, I thought. She just described 90% of plumber helpers. Anything distinguishing about him, I inquired. Oh, yeah, he has a slight limp from a childhood accident. Thanks. I perused every aisle carefully, observing every overall-wearing, long-haired shopper with a ball cap, but none with any limp. I wondered if the enormity of a homie's warehouse had lured him in like so many others before, and he had wandered off to other parts of the store mesmerized by the prospect of bigger, more exciting home projects. So I started at one end of the store, and began going up and down every aisle. I passed Billy coming off break on the plugs and switch aisle. Hello, homie. Are you finding everything you need today? No one should be that happy this late at night, I thought, as I continued to stroll the aisles. Finally, it hit me. She said he was a CPA. I went ahead and picked up a few things, checked out, and headed back out to my truck, 
sadly passing Billy at the exit. Hey, thanks for shopping here at Homie's Warehouse. Would you like a homeboy to help get to your vehicle? No, I'm good, I replied, and walked to my truck. I was betting the farm that her husband thought he might get a better deal at Bob's Bargain Bin, a hodgepodge of cheap, miscellaneous, returned, dented, and out-of-date stuff, much of which a trained eye might label as junk. Where better to find a CPA, I thought. As I pulled into the parking lot, I saw a Honda Accord, the quintessential accountant car. It was parked under a light post. Bob's had closed hours ago, so I carefully circled the car. There, reclined in the driver's seat, I could see the parking lot light reflecting off the head of a male in overalls. He was fast asleep. It had to be her husband. I parked my truck, got out my 18-volt Milwaukee lithium-ion cordless 160 aluminum LED flashlight and walked toward the car. I tapped on the window several times. Finally, the driver's eyes opened in surprise. Roll down your window, I said. Cautiously, he opened the window an inch. I'm Walt. I'm looking for Ann Ferguson's husband. Uh, uh, that's me. Your wife is worried sick about you. Really? Oh, that's a first. Well, I'm waiting for the store to reopen in the morning. I made it about halfway through the store looking for a flopper thingy to stop our leaking toilet. I know they have one. Look, I said, the floppy thingy you need is called a flapper, and I have an extra one in my truck. I'll give it to you, and you head home. I went and got the flapper I just bought at homies, suspecting this would be the situation. Here you go, I said. If you need any help putting it in, Call me in the morning. Gee, thanks. You're welcome. Now go. I returned to my truck and called Mrs. Ferguson. Hello? Ma'am, Walt with Walt's Honey Don't Honey Do. I found your husband. He's on his way home now. Oh, thank you so much. If we ever have home repairs needing done, I'll call you straight away before my husband tries to do it himself. Glad I could help. Have a good rest of the night, I said. As I slowly drove into the night, I realized a handyman's work is never done. Man, what amazing intuition that Walt has. I would have never thought about Barb's bargain bin. Hey, it's a show. You know, it's not real. They have professional writers. Boy, you know, we could use one or two of those. What? We do okay. Well, that's the same thing you used to tell mom when she read your report card. <laughs> oh, I do okay. <laughs> yeah, funny. Hey, let's take another break for a word from an exclusive Home Talk Guy sponsor. Okay, you know, let me put up the on break sign while I run and get the Brain Twister winner's name. That way, if any folks stroll by while I'm gone, they won't get frightened by your singing. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You are listening to the Home Talk Guys radio network. <laughs> Master Barber Buzz Cut here from Uncle Donkey's Roundback Tonsorial. With a new year, it may be a good time for a new look. At Uncle Donkey's, we have the one for you. Busy, hard-working folks need a cut that's both appealing and functional. This month, Uncle Donkey has a special on our world-famous flat-top haircut. Nothing commands respect or is more easy to care for than a good old Rocky Top crew cut 
from Uncle Dunkey's. And ladies, you too can sport an Uncle Dunkey's flat top just like Grace Jones. Talk about turning heads, you'll be a ten-point among dough, and your morning prep time will be cut in half. Every Unky Dunky barber has years of experience, so whether it's a flat top, pompadour, layered pixie, or my favorite, the buzz cut, we can bring your vision to life. And don't forget our unmatched hot lather shave, still done the old-fashioned way with a straight-rate blazer. Trust our steady hands on your throat and get a shave that'll leave your face as smooth as a baby's hind quarters. At Uncle Dunky's, you'll get a great cut, a shave, and a shine. We'll keep you groomed for just $10.99. So come see us here at Uncle Dunky's Round Box Tom Soil. Park in front of Porky's world-famous Meatless Barbecue and walk round back for the grooming experience that's sure to please. Uncle Dunky's Round Box Tom Soil. Welcome back to the Home Talk, guys. Did you get the name of the winner? Yep, and I brought my bagel back, too, so we're good to go. Great. Let's see here. The winner to last week's Brain Twister is Steel ACP from Utah. (laughs) ACP, huh? He's kind of like JFK, DJT, MLK, BTC. BTC? Yeah, Blackie the Cat. (laughs) You list your cat alongside presidents and civil rights leaders? Whatever. Anyway, congratulations, Steel ACP. Watch your email. We'll be in touch soon. Hey, Steel, keep listening. BTC listens every week, although sometimes when I get home, the radio will be on the floor. <laughs> Perhaps his pain tolerance is shorter than an hour. <laughs> anyway, you going to do any baking this holiday season? Well, I thought I might make some Dom's biscotti-type <clears throat> stuff for the neighbors. How about you all? Well, my wife is, uh, although she banned me from the kitchen. Uh, what did you do this time? What do you mean this time? My wife simply asked if she could have some peace and quiet while she cooks, so I took the batteries out of the smoke alarm. <laughs> Ban nothing. More like you've been exiled. Hey, remember when Mom used to have, make uh, that wonderful eggnog at Christmas time? Yep. You know, hers was really good, but talk about rich. Yeah, Woo. Yep. That's because it's made with milk, cream, sugar, eggs, and brandy, rum, or whiskey. You know, eggnog actually dates back to the 1800s. Yep, and you know, it was prepared and consumed cold, and it wasn't as sweet as it's made today in our overly sugared society. But it was typically much higher in alcohol content, so you still got that warming glow. The origins of eggnog are actually uncertain. Yeah, but you know, like most things, there are always a few theories. The two main ones postulate that eggnog was developed from a drink called posset, or egg flip. <laughs> they had great names back then. Yep. Posset is a spiced mixture of milk and ale that was heated until the milk curdled. Eggs were occasionally added. Ooh, curdled milk, huh? I see why they <laughs> added alcohol. Yeah, egg flip, which is another drink similar to eggnog, it consisted of eggs that were mixed or flipped with spirits, but it didn't contain any milk or dairy. Hmm. It's interesting to see the evolution. Yeah, and you know, uh, because today's milk has a much lower fat content than the milk of the 1800s, cream is often added to create that classic creamy taste and texture. And mom could sure use the cream. (laughs) Yeah, and some lard. Boy, I remember her making pie crust with lard. (laughs) Lard, raw eggs, heavy cream. It all made for some great tasting but uh, really unhealthy food. Yeah, as you said, it's an interesting history. And yet another reason why our listeners should receive call it credit for listening to our show. Hey, check this out. 
I've been practicing wearing my glasses down low on my nose like college professors. <laughs> well, you look very scholarly. I hope the dean is listening this week. In fact, let's show our stuff by trying to help another listener. Go ahead and grab an email off the pile. Okay. Um, well, wait. Here's an, here's Wait. Oh, well, never mind. Another family's coming. Frosty the snowman was a jolly la-da-da. <laughs> nice, man. Do you even know the words to any Christmas carol? Um, I'll take what is no for 500, Alex. <laughs> Amazing. Well, go ahead and hand me an email, please. Okay, um, I don't, I don't want that. Here, here's one from Marshall B. in the Commonwealth of Penn's Woods. Ooh, good old Pennsylvania, the land of our birth, as well as high taxes and black and gold football. Yeah, and don't forget, Heinz ketchup and pickles. A lot of folks just don't appreciate their pickles. You know, I have a lapel pin that's the shape of a pickle I got from the Heinz factory, and it says Heinz embossed right on it. Yeah, I used to have one, too. They gave them out at the end of the plant tour. And we used to go to those plant tours on field trips when I was in elementary school. Anyway, let's see here. Marshall writes, Dear Home Talk guys, as a clinical psychologist, I find your show oddly intriguing. Uh, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> I think he's referring to you. He goes on, I'm impressed how you two managed to channel your sibling rivalry in somewhat useful yet uh, questionably com- comical ways. Uh, what, what's going on here? Relax, okay? He's a Ph.D. That's a professional degree in bloviation. Well, does he ever get around to asking a real question? Let's see here. Uh, Yeah, here, I'll skip to that. I had to turn off the water to my toilet to replace my flapper following the steps you provided in a recent show. Surprisingly, your advice worked. Surprisingly? Crud, I've been trying to do this stuff for over 35 years. (laughs) Take it as a compliment. Anyway, he goes on. When I went to turn the water supply back on, my shutoff valve began leaking, and I can't get it to stop. What do you suggest? Thanks, Marshall in Pittsburgh, PA. Well, Doc, you know, PhDs love to be called doctor. Yeah, but where are they when you're choking on a bone from Major Flanders, Tennessee fried turkey? (laughs) Wow, sounds like you're talking from actual experience. You're darn tootin'. You know, I was at the lodge enjoying some of Major Flanders fried turkey, and I started to choke. The only other person in the room was Professor Bauman from Sawmill Valley Community College. And did Dr. Bauman help? No. He ran and found Handyman on, who successfully applied the Heimlich on me. Man, you never told me about that. Well, that's because it turned out I was fine. Well, except for my turkey was cold after it all happened. (laughs) Okay, regardless of Marshall's degree, he's still a listener to our show. And the Handyman motto is to render help when, where, and as needed. All right, well then, I guess. Uh, Here, there's a few things more frustrating than starting a toilet repair, only to find that the shutoff valve won't shut off or won't stop leaking when turned back on. That's true. It sounds like it's possibly a worn washer, so I'd replace it. Okay, so to do that, you're going to begin by turning off the main water valve, then remove the packing nut, and then unscrew the stem. Once you have the stem in hand, take it to your favorite hardware store to find a replacement washer. That's where you'll get the right one. That's right. And before you install the new washer and stem, clean any grit out of the valve body. That's right. And then you simply want to pop the new washer along with the stem on the new washer and tighten. The valve should work like new. But if it doesn't, see if your neighbor will let you borrow his bathroom. <laughs> Good luck, Marshall. Thanks for listening. And if you ever arrive at a conclusive diagnosis of my brother, I'd love to hear it.
Yeah, well, you know, I'm not sure genius is a diagnosis or a conclusion. <laughs> but either way, it works for me. All right, Mr. Genius. How come Christmas is on December 24th when the Bible tells of shepherds tending their sheep at his birth, suggesting a spring birth? Uh, leap year, southern hemisphere. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Johnny, what do we have as a consolation prize for this pitiful contestant? Uh, you channeling Monty Hall now? Wow, you're reaching way back. So you're saying there's a lot of debate on why December 25th was chosen. You got it. Back around 400 A.D., December 25th, along with January 6th, were considered the dates for Christ's birth, with December 25th being a leading contender and obviously the eventual winner. Uh, so what did they do? Draw straws? Like in real straw? <laughs> <laughs> nope. The December date is actually listed on Jesus' birth as Jesus' birth on an ancient Roman almanac from the 4th century. Wow, talk about a permanent marker. I wish I had one of those to put my name on my tools. Everything I use just wears off. <laughs> it's not a permanent marker, you knucklehead. It's a chisel. You want me to chisel my name into my tools? No, you goofball. That's what they used. Anyway, a popular reason December 25th was chosen is because the church was Christianizing the pagan celebration of Sol Invictus, a sun god. You know what? Uh, we could use a sun god about now. These 20-degree days are starting to kill me. Start wearing your long johns. Hey, I got two pairs on, which makes the bathroom time no fun. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Now, there's more to the story. You mean you want me to go into more detail? <laughs> no, man. I was referring to the story of December 25th. Oh, good. Do tell. All right. Well, to Tertullian, who was uh, an ancient Christian philosopher, lived around 200 A.D., he theorized March 25th was the date of Christ's death. His death? Yep. An interesting theory began to develop around Tertullian's work. The theory was that Jesus' conception and death took place on the same day of the year, March 25th. Yeah, you know what? I don't get it, but what are the chances of that happening? Well, that's exactly it. Back in those days, such an event indicated a person was particularly blessed of God. So how did this lead to the recognition of December 25th as his birth? Well, as the theory gained a foothold, others said if Jesus' conception was on March 25th, then his birth would have been nine months later, towards the end of December. Okay, so the 25th is just to keep things simple? Well, some say the exact date was suggested by Christian theologian Augustine, around 400 A.D. Man, what a circuitous route to arrive at a date. <laughs> yep, and you know the funny thing is, most biblical scholars today say that the date is still incorrect. But in the end, it's the life and teachings that are important. Wow. You know, our show's like a radio version of the History Channel. Hey, say, before we move on, how about we take one last break for an exclusive Home Talk Guy sponsor? All right, works for me. And please remember, you can hear past podcasts of our show on any quality podcast site. Just type in the three magical monosyllabic words, Home Talk Guys. That's right. This is the Home Talk Guys radio network. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Spokesperson for Wheelbarrows Unlimited. We are your one-stop shop for all your wheelbarrow needs. From contractor to handyman or honeydewer, we have everything you need and some things you don't. Whatever it takes to elevate your wheelbarrow to the next level. Your neighbor's jaws will drop when they see you out working with a wheelbarrow that puts all others to shame. Whether you want a complete off-frame restoration of a family heirloom, a customized paint job, 
or a decal of your favorite team, we can handle it. We now make antique replicas complete with wood deck and steel wheel. This week, we are running a special on two of our newest accessories. One is our custom-fit hydraulic dumping system, and the other is our no-tip stabilizer arms. Both items are designed to be powered by the battery from your cordless drill. No more spills where you don't want them or loads too heavy to lift. For a limited time, we will take 20% off the price on either item when installed at our shop on the corner of Warwick Drive and Johnson Road. Hey, or if you prefer, we can ship you a customized do-it-yourself kit. We always use Arizona Slime Someday Shipping Service for your convenience. So come by the shop to see all the other accessories and check out our latest custom build. It's a fully tricked out chopped wheelbarrow with running lights. Tell the crew Dommy sent you. Back to those home talk guys, Ken and Mark. Welcome back to the Home Talk Guys radio show. We are Ken and Mark, the Home Talk Guys, here to assist with all things home and home repair. And remember, you can stay in touch with us, the Home Talk Guys, by visiting our website at hometalkguys.com. Yep. You can also email us at questions at hometalkguys.com because we try to monitor our email throughout the show, although it is a little cramped in the base of this Christmas tree. Well, hey, before we tackle another email, are you ready to take a stand, you know, show your stuff, go for the glory? Uh, what on earth are you trying to say? Are you ready for tip of the week? Oh, sure. Hey, let me just get my glasses so I can read my notes. Okay. Then it's my, uh, dubious privilege to introduce that segment in our show when my hoary brother distills his years of experience and research from among leading periodicals in, uh, doctor, lawyer, and auto repair rating rooms to share with our listeners his tips of the week. Um, uh, thank you and welcome. I'm honored to be the humble host of the Tip of the Week segment. Today, I'm going to speak on two areas of safety, hand washing and ladders. <laughs> wow, that's a diverse grouping. Well, that's because we are all things home, including hygiene and home repair, which uses ladders. All right, well, it's good to see you dressed accordingly. Uh, what do you mean? Well, diverse. You dress diverse. Button-down plaid shirt, striped shorts with tube socks and work boots. Uh, that's not for this segment. That's how I always dress. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I was trying to give you an out, but uh, continue, please. Okay, I'm going to begin with hand washing. Washing your hands is one of the best ways to avoid sickness and prevent the transmission of germs, including the coronavirus. Washing hands thoroughly with soap and clean water can be a crucial defense against diseases that spread easily from person to person. However, hand washing is only effective when done correctly and consistently. You know, it's funny to think there is a correct way to wash your hands. There sure is. And here are some key times when the CDC says hand washing is especially important to help prevent the spread of germs and viruses. Before, during, and after food preparation. Yeah. Before eating food. Before and after coming into contact with a sick person. Before and after treating a cut or a wound. After you use the bathroom. (laughs) That one doesn't apply to rednecks. Well, it does. They just don't realize it. A few more include uh, after changing a diaper. Ooh, if you get stuck with that job. After cleaning a child who's used a bathroom. Another bad job. After blowing your nose, coughing, or sneezing. 
after coming in contact with an animal, animal feed or animal waste, and after touching pet food or pet treats, also after you've handled the garbage. And if you don't have immediate access to soap and water in these circumstances, use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. Ah, something I always keep in my truck. Well, that's good. Now, listen close as I'm going to tell you how to properly wash your hands, and many of you may be surprised. I know I was. It actually takes focused effort. That's right. You must begin with clean running water. Clean running water is more important than the temperature. Turn on the water and get your hands wet. Now, you can turn the water off or leave it running, depending on your preference. Turning it off saves water, but it will increase the number of times you need to touch the faucet. Well, that could expose you to germs that are on the faucet handles. (laughs) And that's only the step one. Yep. Next, you want to lather up. Soap is important. It helps lift the germs and microbes off your skin while you wash your hands and makes the whole process more effective. You know, I remember reading a study that said that it's no better to use antibacterial soap than it is to use regular plain soap. That is right. Now, once lathered up, scrub for at least 20 seconds. That's what surprised me the most. 20 seconds of hand washing? It seems like eternity. Yeah. uh, Most folks don't scrub their hands nearly long enough. Hey, and you're one of them. Uh, Hey, like you said, though, 20 seconds is much longer than you would imagine. That's true, but you can actually estimate 20 seconds by singing happy birthday twice, but your uh, scatting won't work, man. Happy birthday, boo-boo, ba-ba-da-ba. Funny, funny, funny. Anyway, be sure you're completely covering your hands with soap and water. Scrub between your fingers, scrub under your nails, all over your thumbs, and up your wrist. Yeah, you know, under the nails was another novel idea to me. (laughs) Yeah, from the looks of your nails, I could have guessed that. Hey, once you do this, rinsing is ultimately how you get the germs off your hands. So it's really the most important step. So not scrubbing, but rinsing. Well, scrubbing is very important to loosen germs, but rinsing washes them away. Right. Using clean running water. Check. Yeah. See, most folks don't realize that washing your hands doesn't typically kill germs. It's simply the most effective way to get the germs off your hands. Rinsing allows you to wash the germs and microbes away, thereby drastically cutting down the chances you will spread disease. Hence the 20-second rule to loosen those stubborn buggers so they'll rinse off. Bingo. Hey, and once you finish rinsing, dry your hands using a paper or cloth hand towel. And if, uh, you know, if you use cloth hand towels, they should be washed fairly frequently, especially if other people are using the same towel. Mm-hmm. Great tips. Okay, now let's get to ladders, and and quick and simple, and in line with OSHA, a government agency who's there for safety. Well, we strive to be compliant. We want to be safe always. All right. Well, the rule is a quarter of, let me actually, I'll tell you what, I'm going to read you straight from the OSHA book. Non-self-supporting ladders shall be used at an angle that the horizontal distance from the top support to the foot of the ladder is approximately one-fourth the working length of the ladder. (laughs) Got to love government bureaucrats. Can you uh, give an example, please? Sure. So if you need to wash a second-story window and you raise your ladder up and your ladder itself is extended 12 feet and gingerly leaning against the house, the base of your ladder should be a quarter of that distance away from the house, which is 3 feet. Okay, so that's simple. Generally, but if you're wanting to clean the gutters and you lean your ladder against the gutters and the ladder is 24 feet, feet high at the gutter, but you make your ladder 27 feet long so that it extends three feet above the gutter, the supported height in this case is still the 24 feet because at 27, there's nothing but air. And so in this case, the base of the ladder would be 
a quarter of the 24 or six feet out from the gutters. All right, so a quarter distance of the supported height. That's easy enough. All righty, you know what? Uh, looking at the clock, we are almost out of time. So what do you say we get to Big Bucks Coffee House and Wild Game Cafe up and comer? Man, it was great. They had R.B. Stone in, and he had the place jumping. Let's listen to a song he called Pretty Girls Everywhere. My daddy raised me up to be a rambling man Said hit the ground, run and some see all you can Before you settle down, you've got to understand There's pretty girls everywhere I took his advice, didn't think about it twice Headed down to Houston where they talk so nice I learned what it meant to get a slice of life There's pretty girls everywhere There's pretty girls everywhere Don't mind me if I stop and stare I thank the Lord above for ever putting them here There's pretty girls everywhere Courting Southern Bells You know they made me promise not to Kiss and tell With just a little smooch and deep in love I fell There's pretty girls everywhere Headed west up to that California sun You know those California girls were born to have fun If I had to choose I couldn't pick just one There's pretty girls everywhere There's pretty girls everywhere if I stop and stare I thank the Lord above forever putting them here There's pretty girls everywhere Boy, the guys got talent And if any of our listeners are or know of unsigned musical talent That would be like an original song considered for airing on our Up and Comer segment Hey, please contact us at mail at hometalkguys.com. For sure. We love featuring great unsigned talent. Speaking of unsigned talent, I see a group of folks heading this way. Let's uh, go ahead and sign off before you start singing or scatting or whatever it is you do. Hey, I make melodious tones of Christmas joy. (laughs) Maybe when you say goodbye. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. We hope you have learned a little, laughed a little, and please tell a friend to join us for the next edition of the Home Talk Guys radio show. Home of the Honeydew Eradication Association. Yeah, and you can listen live each Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern via the radio or online using TuneIn app. And you can keep up with us at our website, hometalkguys.com. And remember, podcasts of past shows are available on all quality podcast sites. Just search for the three monosyllabic words, Home Talk Guys. Hey, it's almost showtime. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, Hold on a second. Hold on a second, man. Thanks again for listening. Now, let's go out and do some good. Okay, now you can sing. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Whoa, 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 man. Come on. Not that one. Little kids don't want to hear about their grandmother getting run over by a reindeer. They'll have nightmares. Yo, good night, Max. Good night, the Vincenzo. <laughs> <laughs>